like Pastor James Barker. Pastor James Barker is my friend for almost five years. He's been in our country. He preached in our, our ministry in, in the Philippines because before going to Cambodia, I pastored a mission work in Pampanga for more than uh, four years. In the Philippines, I started a mission work with three young men. And by the grace of God, two out of the three men, they are now pastoring a church. And the other man, the other um, young man is now a graduate also in Bible school. And God bless that uh, minister also in Pangpanga. I have one wife, and I don't have a plan to add more. <laughs> because that's what the Bible says, husband of one wife, amen? And I have three kids, uh, two boys and uh, one girl. And my first child is Stephen Joseph. He's 10 years old. The second one is Daniel Joshua. And he's 8 years old. And the third one is Eunice Joyce. And she is 5 years old. My wife is a graduate also of a Bible, of a Bible school, the same where I graduated under the ministry of Boyd Lyons. Pastor Boyd Lyons is the, you know, is the only lion that don't bite. I, I guess you began that. He's the only lion that uh, don't fight <laughs> because his family name is a lion. And the main reason why I'm here in your country is, of course, to, to present the need, to present the ministry that God entrusted to us in the mission field. It's almost five years now that we are in Cambodia. The first three years that uh, we're in Cambodia, we stayed in Phnom Penh, that is the capital city of Cambodia. And Cambodia is 95% Buddhist country, 3% Muslim, 2% Christian. But the 2% is, of course, including the Mormons, the Pentecostal, the Catholics. It's not all Baptists, that 2%. But, uh, Muslim is only 3%, but they are growing very fast. I heard that they have a goal that in 10 years' time, they will turn Cambodia into 60%. Muslim country. Before I moved to that province where we are now, God gave me the privilege to start a mission work among the Muslim uh, uh, community. Every kilometer there is a mosque, three of them. And God gave us 36 profession of faith among the Muslims. And God allowed me, God allowed me to baptize six of them. And God gave me also a privilege to witness to reach our OFWs in Phnom Penh. God gave us more than 25 Filipinos, and they're all from Baguio. So, I've baptized some of them, and we enjoy. Because I, I, I don't force myself to preach in Khmer because they're all Filipinos. And during our Khmer or Khmer service, uh, I have interpreter. One day, uh, God reminded me that he brought me to that country to reach the nationals. So I prayed and moved in that, uh, in that uh, province called uh, Tubungkumum. It is 40 minutes away from the border of Vietnam. I'm the only Philippine in that place. There's a lot of Vietnamese in that place, and many of them mistaken that I'm also a Vietnamese. Sometimes they greet me and say, Sing Chao, Sing Chao. I greet them back, sing chow. One time when they greet me, Muslim greet me, assalamu alaikum, and I greet them back, malaiku sayo. That's the only experience there. But God blessed that ministry in that uh, province. God gave us uh, 
750, uh, 700 uh, square meter proper thing. We bought that around 7,000 US dollars. It's cheap, cheap um, comparing in Phnom Penh. God provided the money to build the wall. It is uh, 50 meters long by 13 meters wide. And after four months, God provided money to start the building. And by the grace of God, we are building a church building. It's not big as this, you know, but we are building maybe half of this, eight meters wide by 16 meters long. There's two rooms also in the front, prepared for two-story with mezzanine. By the grace of God, we spent already more, almost 15,000 U.S. dollars. And we're still praying for another 15 to 17 U.S. 17,000 U.S. dollars. And don't worry, I'm not asking you that all. You know, <laughs> This is my first Sunday here in the U.S. And this is the third church that I am since this morning. 11 o'clock, I preached at Pastor, my Pastor uh, James Barker. And 1.30, I preached at Pastor uh, Sager. And tonight, this is my third time. Maybe while I'm sleeping, I'm preaching also tonight. <laughs> but I believe that God will provide, amen? God will provide. And uh, what my goal tonight is to, to praise the Lord, to encourage people. I'm not, raising, I'm not just raising a support. What I'm trying to do is to raise faith among the believers. So if you have your Bible, please open with me in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. The Bible says, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Shall we pray? Father God in heaven, once again, we thank you for this privilege that you have given to us. Privilege, O God, to worship you in spirit and truth, which we know, Father, there's a lot of people around the world that they don't have this freedom. They don't have this privilege. But we thank you, O God, because you have given us a country like this. That we have the freedom, O oh God, to worship you in the spirit and truth. And especially, O oh God, we praise you for salvation, for the forgiveness of our sins, for your love, and for putting us into the ministry. We praise you, O oh God, for your promises that we could claim even tonight. I'm praying for the power of your Holy Spirit. I'm praying, O oh God, that help each one of us that before we leave this prayer house of prayer, we'll, we'll commit that we will do anything that you want us to do that will glorify your name. Father, allow me to magnify your name tonight, Father, for this I pray in Christ's name. Amen. So I will read again verse number 6. The Bible says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him, to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We are saved by faith. Amen? We are changed by faith. Faith leads us. Faith gives us strength. We serve by faith. Faith brings us blessings. But the question tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is how to live by faith. During my school days, my Bible school, 1997, I'm in the Bible school, I heard a lot of missionaries that they will give a testimony that will say, oh, in the mission field, pastor, church, please pray for us. We are just living by faith. 
They always mention we are just living by faith. And after that, they will say, sometimes we eat once a day. Sometimes we just walk. And, you know, we, we don't have like this. We don't have like this. We don't have a food in our... It's just by faith. So, listening upon those kind of testimonies sometimes uh, does encourage me to become a missionary. Because they say this is by faith. But I have a question to them. He said, yes, of course, we cannot deny that we all experience those things. Experience not to eat three, three days and three nights. Not because there is no food, but because I'm fasting. No? <laughs> what I'm saying is, yes, there are missionaries and pastors before that they experience those things. But what if a missionary now is driving his own car, a missionary now is living in a good house, a missionary is having and this and that, are they not living by faith? So what it means to live by faith, according to the Bible? Can we say, it's only by faith, pastor, we don't have, you know, sometimes the Bible says you have not, because she has not. Amen? The Bible says, uh, and therefore I say unto you, whatsoever ye, ye ask, when ye pray, believe that ye shall have them, and ye shall receive them. And that is faith. Okay, so what it means to live by faith, or how to please God, my goal tonight is not to please you, pastor, of course, but to please God. Because I believe if I will please God, your pastor will be blessed. Our goal is not to please anyone of you, not to please my God Filipinos here, though some of them are having a good conversation a while ago. <laughs> Praise God for them. Uh, even this afternoon, I preached at Pastor Sergio and met some Filipinos there, and they thought I'm not a Filipino until I spoke our own dialect. So, what it means to live by faith? In verse number 1, chapter 11, the Bible says, verse number 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So number one, how to, believe, how to please God. Number one, we need to believe even if we don't see it. I mean, believing even if we don't see it. The Bible says in John chapter 14, Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Uh, I'm blessed. I was blessed fellowshipping you, Pastor, uh, before preaching. And he showed me that it's my family brother. And he said, I asked him, Sir, how many kids do you have? He said, I have 12. <laughs> but to be honest, I didn't mention that. I didn't mention to him. Before coming here, I already know that he has 12 kids because I searched in the Google and saw his picture. I listened to his preaching in YouTube. You know? <laughs> and when I saw the church, I said, oh, I will be preaching in this church, you know. ako. <laughs> I don't know if I can make it. <laughs> but uh, I know that God bless him. Amen. But I have also, I told Pastor, Pastor, I have also five brothers and I have five sisters. I'm the first one to get saved in our family. And I'm the first one who graduated even in the elementary grade. I'm the first, of course, who graduated in high school. My dream before is to become a U.S. Navy. But I was not able to become a U.S. Navy because the base in our country during the Pinatubo time, nung pumutok po ang Pinatubo, nawala na sila doon. 
So, as a AMT, Associate Marine Transportation, I'm a seaman by profession. Sea is my destination. Dollar is my collection. I have still, I still, I still know my motto, you know. My mother is my inspiration. So my goal then before is, I will not allow my mother to die without experiencing to live in his own house. But God saved me, and I attended in a missions conference, and one of the speakers says, he quoted this verse, Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I go and prepare a place for you. And he asked this question, he said, How beautiful heaven is without your mother. He said, Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, you know, it shocked me. I know heaven, the streets in heaven is pure gold. You know, heaven is, you know, it's a beautiful place. It's a perfect place. And my dream before is to go abroad. They offer me 900 U.S. dollar a month. That was 1996. I'm a newly saved Christian. I don't know where is Genesis. I don't know how many books in the Bible. But I know I'm saved. And I know God wants me to do something else. So that night I'm praying. And the second night, during our missions conference, I know 100% that God wants me to become a pastor. So I surrendered my life. I'm crying. I said, Lord, I don't know how to become a pastor. I don't know where should I study. I don't have any idea. But I will obey. And I told my dad, I said, Tatay, hindi na po ako mag-abroad. I will no longer to go abroad. He said, what are you going to do? He said, I will become a pastor. I want to become a pastor. <laughs> he said, are you crazy? Are you crazy? Don't think about us, he said. Think about yourself. You will get married soon. What are you going to feed to your wife? Are you going to feed her grass? He said, no. Why should I? I will not marry a horse, you know. <laughs> I should have feed grass. Ano papakain mo sa kanya? Damo? Hindi naman ako mag-asawa ng kabay, you know. So you get mad, but to make the long story short, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that God prepared a mansion for me. And my dream is to build a house and work abroad and, you know, to send money in my family. But God spoke to my heart how beautiful heaven is without my mother. And after quoting that verse, he quoted another verse. He said, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I know for sure that I am saved. And I know for sure that my mother doesn't have a mansion in heaven. But when he told and he quote the verse, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And I believe by faith that I don't need to go in hell to believe that there is a hell. I believe. It's a hell. It's a place called Lake of Fire. I heard one time Dr. Jack Haas, and I always admitted him during my Bible school. You know, is there a hell? If there's no hell, I'll close my Bible. <laughs> That's Dr. Jack Haas. I always listen to his preaching. But I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that there's a hell. And I said, oh Lord, please, please, please be merciful to my mother. I don't care about my father before. I don't care about my brothers. But I care about my mother. I cried and kept crying and fasting that God will save my mother. I believe 100% that 
The faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things. Let's sin. He said, what if the name of your mother is not found, is not written in the book of life? You know where it is. You know where she will be going. So how to please God? Believe, even if you don't see it. The bigger presentation, I can make that, I can make better than that. I can fake it. You know, pastor has never been to Cambodia. He don't know that if that's real. But praise God, he believed that that work is exist. That, that work by the grace of God, you know, there are some missionaries present a, a ministry that they that don't exist. And that's sad. That's sad. No. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to please God, you have to believe even if you don't see it. Second, in verse number 8, but chapter 11, verse number 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out not knowing whether he went. Second, how to live by faith is to obey even if you don't understand it. In verse, in verse number, verse uh, here, uh, in verse chapter 22 of Genesis, chapter 22, this is the account that God called Abraham to offer his only begotten, his son, Isaac, Genesis 22. He says, his, and it came to pass after this thing that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, he said, Here, behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. I believe, ladies and gentlemen, Abraham don't understand this command. Because I believe that he offers burnt offering many times, but this time God wants him to offer his only son, Isaac. And in verse number 10, the Bible says, And he stretched, and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Okay, before we go that verse, we believe, we know the story that God promised Abraham that through his son, you will have a multitude of what? Nation, of children. But how old is he when God gave him Isaac? He's 100 years old. He said, Thou shalt have, they said, shall be as numbered as the sand in the seashore, you know? Cannot be numbered. But he only have one son, and God told him to offer. So, in order to please God, you must obey, even if you don't understand it. You see? Burn him. The Bible says, burn him. When I told my mother, said, Ma, I will go to Bible school. He said, no, no, not you, no, no. Just your brother, you know, your brother, it's okay for him to go. But not you. Why my brother? Because your brother is, you know, loco, loco, he, 
he has a lot of vices, you know. He, they was thinking that Bible school is like a rehabilitation center. <laughs> not, not here. I said, Ma, if there is someone that don't like this decision that I made, it is me. I will not obey you. I will not obey myself. I will obey God. That time, don't really, I don't know. I don't really understand what I know God wants me to become a pastor. And before going to Cambodia, I started a mission work in Pampanga. I started with three young people. And we start supporting right away. The very first month that I'm, I started a mission work there, we supported four foreign missionaries. It's not much, but in our part, it's a sacrificial. And God blessed the ministry. After a year, God gave us uh, 20 in attendance. And after another year, God, our attendance reached to 60. And before I turned over the work, we reached, we're averaging 120 in attendance. We have a jeep, we have a motorcycle. I, enjoy, I enjoyed the ministry in the Philippines. I don't need to study another language. I can preach fluently in Kapangpangan. I can preach Ilocana, I can preach Kankana. I speak seven to eight dialects in our country. It's only by the grace of God. What I'm saying is I enjoyed and, and uh, I saw my loved ones coming to church. I saw my brothers and my sisters serving the Lord. I said, Lord, now I want, I'm content, I'm happy to be here. But God spoke to my heart. I can run, I know I can run, but I cannot hide. God keep reminding me, go to Cambodia, go to Cambodia, go to Cambodia. Okay, so you have to obey even if you don't understand. Third, third let's go back into Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. In verse, verse number 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. And in First Kings chapter 17, First Kings chapter 17. Before we're going to read this story, the first is how to please God, to believe even if you don't see it. And second is to obey even if you don't understand it. And third, giving even if you don't have it. Pastor, uh, your pastor mentioned this uh, earlier. He said, "Brother, uh, of course I know he has the, all the reason to ask questions. He don't know me personally. He kept asking questions. I just opened my heart. And said, how many? How much you receive monthly? I just said, Pastor, where you receive this amount? It's up to God to speak to his heart, you know. And we're we're praying for another seventeen thousand U.S. dollar to complete the building." I'm not asking you that, oh, but if God will speak to your heart, why not? But if you want to have part and you want to buy five sacks of cement, one bag of cement is cost uh, $6 in Cambodia, U.S. dollar, okay? Not Cambodian dollar. 
So if you want to have part 10 sacks of cement, why not? Amen? But please don't send the cement. You know, that costs you much. <laughs> send the cement. Send the money for the cement, you know. But if you want to please God, you need to give even if you, we don't have it. How does that happen? In chapter 17 of 1 Kings, the Bible says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was the inhabitant of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be drawn due nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook to read. And is before Jordan, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And the Bible says, I have commanded, what? The ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and fresh in the morning, and bread and fresh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after, the, after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zerbat, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, there's another word. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee there. In, verse, in the first verse, the Bible says, I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. And we have seen that the ravens supply. Amen? God supply his needs through these ravens. And in this verse, number 9, the Bible says, Behold, I have commanded a widow woman. So he arose and went to Zerapath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there, gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel, that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and for my son, that we may eat it, and what? And I. The Bible says, Behold, God told Elijah, Behold, I have commanded a widow woman. When Elijah met this woman, the woman said, Okay, yes, I have a water here. But he did not mention that, Yes, God commanded me to sustain thee. You know, I have a handful of... <laughs> but he said, I'm gathering two sticks. And I have my boy here. We will eat this last meal. And after that, the Bible says, But that's not easy. After we eat this last meal, they will die. No, they don't. this is not a poison. This is not a poison, you know. They will eat, and they probably sit down and wait until they will die. And you will not die without food in just one day. No. You will not die in just two days, three days, or four days. 1990, July 16 of 1990, the earthquake in Baguio, probably the Filipinos here knows that, the story in Baguio. We have 7.5 earthquake, and thousands of people die in Baguio. There is a hotel there, or a casino there, that collapsed. And after 14 days, we were able to rescue one survivor. 14 days, he survived. 
And they asked him, how were you able to survive? And he said, there's a dead body beside me. He's my friend. He said, in the fifth day, his friend died. And he ate it. And there's a hotel in Baguio, Skyward Hotel, along Session Road. That is the tallest, uh, highest hotel in Baguio at that time. There are three people stuck in the elevator. One Filipina, one Filipino, and another Chinese man, Chinese guy. After 11 days, they were able to open that elevator, not knowing that there's still people there. The two Filipinos survived. But they said, how did you survive? They said, we ate our clothes and some tissues. And they said, there is a Chinese who died the third day, and we ate his body. So what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, there is a survival stink. That means that if you are hungry, you will go to eat anything that you can eat. During that time, there are some miners, because Baguio is a mine, there's a lot of private mines in Baguio. There are some miners that are stuck inside the cave. And they send the second day, third day, they're eating anything that creeped upon that cave, and they drink uh, water from that cave, you know. But the six days, they start looking one another, and you know, like, who's the first one, you know. <laughs> because, you know, you, you don't want to die starving, you know. So what I'm saying, the, lady, the widow woman said, I have this last meal. And I have this boy with me. This is our last man that we'll eat after that. We'll wait until we die. 2012, my eight-year-old boy, we brought him to the hospital because of three days UTI. We brought him to the hospital in Phnom Penh, that is the capital city. And in seven days, just... Seven, oh, not seven days, I'm sorry. In just three weeks, we spend more than 1,000 U.S. dollars. And I'm receiving less than 1,000 dollars in a month. Sometimes less than, sometimes more. If there's a blessing, you know. But in just three weeks, we spend 1,000 or more U.S. dollars to his medication. And they give him 750 milligrams antibiotic twice a day and he's only 8 years old. So we don't have a choice. That's what the doctor says. So we gave him. But after 3 weeks, the doctor says, Sorry, mister. I suggest that you bring your child in Singapore or in Thailand. They are better than us. I said, Why? You know, we, sir, we don't know what's the problem with your son. What? I paid more than $1,000 and gave him, you gave him 750 milligrams antibiotic twice a day. And you say you don't know what is the problem? Sabi ko sa Pilipinas lang to, pinilipit ko ang liig nito eh. So to make the long story short, we get back in Baguio. And we found out that my 8-year-old boy has a kidney problem. But by God's grace, he's doing fine now. The doctor says it's a lifetime. We need to be very careful what we give him. Now he's having a, med- he's having a, uh, a fish oil uh, a supplement. But what I'm saying is, it's not easy to 
know that your son is having a kidney problem. But I believe it's not easy also, and this is the uh, uh, saddest part, is to eat your last meal and to sit down and wait until you die and you might hear your son, Mama, I'm hungry. And cry, Mama, how many kids, you know? <laughs> if they say, Ma, I'm hungry, or ten of them, they're hungry. <laughs> but of course, God will provide a man. It's one boy and you don't have a food. It's just last meal. And a man, you don't know, a prophet, you don't even met him. He said, you give me first. What? This is my last meal I'll give you. Yes, yes, because God said he commanded you to, to, to sustain me. No, when the widow woman heard, fear not, for the saith of the Lord God of Israel. There's the promise. When she heard the word, fear not, for the Lord God of Israel. When she heard that, she knows that God commanded her. And the Bible says, in verse, number four, in verse number 15, And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did it many days. And the bar of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of all fail according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. Giving even if you don't have it. In order to give even if you don't have it, you must have faith in the word of God. Amen? Just imagine if this woman does have faith on the promise of God through Elijah, why should she give? No, no, I will not give this. This is our last meal, you know. But she was able to give her last meal. Last meal. And I believe no one here this morning or tonight that experienced this kind of trials in our life. In order to give, even if you don't have it, you, have, you must have faith, not only in the Word of God, but, but you must have faith in the will of God. This is the will of God, amen? Third, you must have faith in the ways of God. This is God's way. This is not Elijah's way. Oh, if I'm Elijah, said, oh, never mind, that's your last meal, okay? You eat and you'll die. I go back to Brookshirit because a rabbit will, you know, God sustained Elijah's needs already. In order to give, even you don't have, you must have faith in the word of God. You must have faith in the will of God. And you must have faith in the ways of God. One time I visited a church. And a friend of mine introduced to me in that, church, in that pastor and said, Oh, come on, amen, brother, how are you? Long time no see. And my friend introduced uh, me to him and said, Oh, pastor, I have a friend. A friend of mine here is a missionary, and if you can give him, uh, you know, a slide. And suddenly the pastor said, You've been a long time, you didn't visit me, and now you came with a devourer. You brought a devourer with you. He mentioned the word devourer in my face, pastor. And I was tempted to bite him because he called me a <laughs> devourer. I want to consume him. <laughs> My wife don't want to come with me during my deportation time in the Philippines because they say, many pastors will say, Oh, Cambodia again? Cambodia again? How many Filipinos now in Cambodia? Yes, there are more than 30 Filipino families now in Cambodia as a missionary. 
There are more, almost uh, 100 missionaries now, including Australian missionary, uh, uh, American missionary, Korean missionary, and other Filipino missionaries. More than 100 missionaries now in Cambodia. But what is 100 missionaries among the 15 million Buddhists? He said, this is a right? To tell you, to be honest, this is not our ways. It's hard to ask for your prayer. It's easy to say, please pray for us. Amen? But I believe I can say this, your prayer is good. But we need cash. This is the ways of God. Amen? This is the will of God. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that you know that that great commission was given to the church. It was not given to a missionary alone. And the church cannot fulfill the great commission without a missionary. And a missionary cannot fulfill that great commission without the church. Don't you know that the name Michael Jordan is number one, the most popular name during the 19, late 1990s? It's number one. And Michael Jackson is number four, most popular. And the number seven is Manny Pacquiao. And the name Jesus Christ is number 57 in the list. Who is Michael Jordan? He's the king of... He is the, they said he's the lord of the ring. Or, uh, I'm sorry, he's the uh, king of the court. Who is Michael Jackson? When this Michael Jackson passed away, they know Michael Jackson is the king of pop. Right? When this king of pop passed away, less than 24 hours, almost half of the world knows that Michael Jackson, the king of pop, passed away. But the, the name Jesus Christ more than 2,000 years ago passed away, was crucified, buried, and rose again. And still half of the world never heard his name. And I believe that's the reason why he still exists as a church. Because of the Great, great Commission. One time when Pacquiao beat Hatton, when, he back, when he's back in our country, our president gave him, you know, he, he already gave, them, gave him also this certificate, Mani Pacman Pacquiao, the Lord of the Ring. You see? In Cambodia, they know Mani Pacquiao. But you, told, you tell them about Jesus Christ, they said, who is Jesus Christ? Is that your religion? Jesus Christ is not religion. He is God. I will tell them, Priya he said, oh, he's God. He's the God of the Filipino. No. But I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, sad to say many people knows Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, Manny Pacquiao, and other people, but they were heard the name of Jesus Christ. So if we will just obey, even if we don't understand, if we will only, if we will only believe, if we don't see, and if we will only give, if we don't have, I believe, ladies and gentlemen, we can do more for the glory of God. Giving is not about ability, but it's about attitude. You know, God didn't, God don't need Isaac. He needs the obedience and faith of Abraham. Giving is not about wealth. But about willingness. Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and offer him as a burnt offering. Give me your last meal and give to this prophet. You know, giving is not about wealth, it's about willingness. Giving is not about commandment, but it's about commitment. Giving is not 
about treasure. It's about your trust. Fear not the said the Lord. Fear not the said the Lord. So giving this is not about your lifestyle. Oh, you go to this church, brother, they are givers, they are, you know, they are generous. No, no. Giving is not about lifestyle. Praise God for a generous church. But giving is about your love to God. About your God. And the Bible says, Do I speak with thanks of men and of angels and of not charity? I become a sending bus or tinkling symbol. And do I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries? And do I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity? I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods, you see, you give all you have. Apostle Paul says, though I give, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, I am nothing. Love reaches more soul than our doctrine. Praise God, we have a true doctrine. We have a right doctrine. I'm Baptist and I will die as a Baptist, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not ashamed as a Baptist, you know. But sad to say, love reaches more soul than our doctrine. Because people don't care how much we know unless they know how much we care. There's a lot of moments growing fast in Cambodia because why? They offer jobs. They give money. They offer, you know, everything. They give, uh, they give some grocery goods, and they give some noodles, uh, uh, canned goods to those Cambodians that will come. The Korean missionaries will go there, and they give also some things, you know. And a missionary, Baptist missionary, will go there, and what? They'll ask them to give. <laughs> they'll teach them to give. Uh, what I'm saying is, if we're able to Please, God, by faith, we're able to believe even if we don't see it. And we obey even sometimes we don't understand it. And even we are able to give. But the Bible says now by that hope, faith, and charity. But the greatest of this is charity. May I say this? I'm not a missionary. I will say, please support me because I have that great love among the Cambodians. No. I love my family. I have 36 nieces and nephews. I have five brothers and five sisters. I'm in Laos. You know? But I'm in Cambodia because the love of God constrained me. And the Bible says, He that loveth not his father, or he that loveth his father and his mother more than me, is not worthy of me. He that loveth his son and his daughter more than me, is not worthy of me. I will be, I, I will be five years now in Cambodia, and I don't have a plan to quit as a missionary in Cambodia, because we love God. And we love God because He first loved us. Thank you very much, Pastor, and God bless you.